Base Life Podcast episode 13. In this episode, Brian and I talk to professional tattoo artist Mason Coriel. Be sure to check out the show notes because there are a lot of good links in this one. Three, two, one, see ya. You're listening to Base Life Podcast with your hosts, Randy and Brian. Hello, Mason. Mason. It's Randy and Brian. Hey, buddy. Uh, how can you hear us? Yeah, I can hear you really good. Awesome. You sound good too. Yeah. How are you, bro? Hey. Man, I couldn't be better. I just got over being pretty sick, and now I'm pretty healthy, and I love it. Rut row. Oh, it's good to hear. Well, Rut Good to hear you better. <laughs> yeah. So, oh, just so you know, we we are recording. So, um, you are oh, on not... the Base Life podcast. Welcome. Hooray! <laughs> Yay! Awesome. Congratulations, guys. Uh, yeah. Thanks. Thanks. You know, it's a it's a project out of love. <laughs> how long, well? How long have you been working on this? Uh, we started releasing in January, but I'd say I started doing some of the prep and the planning like in uh, August of last year. You know, just starting to nice. just uh, you know, sort of building a plan and trying to put it into play. Doing mm-hmm. research. Yeah, figuring out a, like a nice pattern for uh, releasing and how often to record in order to make sure we continue to release so that kind of thing. So you guys are still tinkering with it then? Yeah. Yeah. So any, any feedback uh, that you or anyone hearing this can provide, we're, we're all ears. So. Yeah. No, I think you guys are going to start discovering what it is that you're all about as the shows keep going on. I think it's uh it's awesome that you guys are putting it out there. Yeah. Thanks man. <clears throat> and that's, that's part of the reason we're doing this because we, you know, we know so many uh, fascinating people through, through the sky sports that uh, we decided that some these conversations might be worth uh, sharing. There really isn't anything else like it. I mean, I've, I've done stuff and I've been a part of groups and very, you know, small offbeat type groups like tattooing and, and I do jujitsu and then the MMA world. And, you know, there's nothing like this, the camaraderie, the friendship, the, the goofballness really where everybody doesn't take themselves too serious. I think it's uh, it's incredible. Yeah, yeah, and and uh, as a quick intro, Mason, for those that uh, may not know you, you are a, you have a a lot of activities. Um, <laughs> so you I got hobbies. I got hobbies. Right. So You're we busy. we know each other through the Sky Sports because actually all three of us are yeah. part of the Scott F Y family. Um, yeah. And uh, but so that's how, that's our connection. But then you also you're a tattoo artist. Uh, you practice yep. uh, Brazilian jiu-jitsu. Um, yep. You're just a general nomad. I mean, <laughs> paraglider. Uh, please don't yep. don't don't let me stop. I mean, I know I've uh, got some other. Uh, I'm probably missing. Now I've gotten into sewing. I, I do sewing. some sewing now. That's yeah, that's fun. I guess. But uh, I don't know if that takes you all over the world. I do have a friend that she knits, and she every time she travels, and she's our age, she hangs out with other knitting groups. Hmm. <laughs> I was like, "Wow, I had no idea that that was such a camaraderie thing that we so, sit around and knit together." Are you are you knitting or are you? Sewing? No, I'm not knitting. Ah. I'm just repairing holes of stuff that I put in as I'm doing all these activities. Yeah. I got patches that I put on my geese for jujitsu. Hmm. I sew up some stuff on uh, maybe my suits or my bags for skydiving, and then uh, just being a rough and tumble boy, I got holes in my jeans and different articles of clothing need repairing. So <laughs> my girlfriend picked me up a sewing machine for Christmas. That's pretty rad. Nice. Yeah, why not? Yeah. So where uh, where are you calling home for the moment? 
Well, this is what's been crazy for me is that you guys, like you mentioned, I've been traveling all over and, and consistently doing it for close to 10 years, maybe even at 10 years. And just recently, within the last two, I, I've settled down quite a bit. And uh, my girlfriend and I now call Salt Lake City home. And uh, we moved here in June. Yeah. And for everybody that knows anything about the, uh, the air sports, there's a lot of really talented people out here in Salt Lake City. Um, mm-hmm. you know, I guess Squirrel Suit, you could say, is based out of here. Um, there's paragliding. There's base jumping. There's, I mean, anything and everything you can imagine is, is here for the extreme sports athletes. And so if I'm going to settle down, I might as well settle down in the area where I can do anything. So right. We pick Salt Lake City. Yeah, and there's there are uh, so many talented people that can still challenge you in in so many disciplines of uh, you know, the sport. So that's yeah. pretty rad. Well, how, yeah, I was playing chase out of a plane the other day with my new wingsuit. I picked yeah. up a a freak, and I and... love it. And so, I mean, more than half the guys in the plane are offline freaks. So yep. it was uh, it was it was kind of nice to do that, and we just kind of all jumped out and kind of played a little game of chase. And man, these guys are so good. You know, I'll end up missing them, and then they'll find me again, and it's it's just awesome. It's just awesome to be around that kind of talent. Yeah, man, freaks cool. yeah. super fun to fly. It's like the drop. Yeah, what are you guys queen. flying? Freak twos. Yeah. No, it is. Yeah, yeah. I uh, I'll flying? still base jump my uh, Kluge two occasionally, but uh, mostly I'm on the freak two. Same here. Yeah, I don't know what it is about that thing. It just works for everybody, and it works for I guess any kind of type of skydive or jump that you want to do it's just it's incredible yeah, it's definitely got a lot of range for sure. <coughs> yeah and well i, I, have I was flying an old havoc what's that and i have a lot to learn yeah 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 you start screwing around with your your feet and your legs and your your hands and all of a sudden you're doing all these other crazy things and you're like wow this is fun it's like yoga in the air you know what i mean yeah. just a different pose a different feel so that's really Except cool. for when you don't get the pose right, you go, wow. <laughs> I did that twice. I did that in yoga day. too. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Just falling all over the place, knocking people out of their poses. Yeah. That's yeah. pretty much what we're doing right now. Take it, take it a Yeah. It's, uh, uh-huh. Well, I was flying a Havoc for a little while, and, and uh, man, it just wasn't keeping up, or everybody was kind of slowing down to keep up, I guess, with me or to – I don't know. It just didn't have the range. It was a fun suit, but man, now it's like you got rocket boosters and you're, you hear top gun music in your head as you're flying through all the clouds and it's yeah. buddies. I don't know. That's what I hear when I'm flying. I don't know what other people hear. Maybe some fog hat or some Steppenwolf. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever you're into. Yeah. And, uh, well, to recap, we moved out here. And since we moved out here, um, I started working for a tattoo studio that was phenomenal. I'd, I've done some guest spots. And for those that don't know, uh, as a tattoo artist, you can kind of show up at a friend's shop in a different town and uh, maybe do some tattoos there and, and earn a living while you're traveling. And I had been guest spotting at this shop. I love the the owners and the people that I work with so much that we just kind of kept pushing to move out here. So the job transfer coupled with being around all these talented extreme sports athletes, it made it like kind of like a no brainer to move to Salt Lake city. And it's a, uh, it's been a good choice ever since. It's awesome, man. It sounds like you got a nice balance there. It is good. We were down in Mesquite and St. George this weekend and it was 60, 70 degrees and we're skydiving. And as we drove home, now we've got maybe two feet of snow. 
So, I mean, mm-hmm. you got anything and everything you want within a four or five hour drive. Yeah. yeah. Did you say you were paragliding? Uh, no, we went down to Mesquite to go skydive, jump the new wingsuit. And then we went to St. George, which is in the southern part of Utah, to go bouldering. So go do some rock climbing and camp and hang out. And then we drove back up here. And like I said, just it's probably maybe about the two feet of snow now that have dumped in the last day or two. Wow. So it's, yeah, it's a beautiful white wonderland. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yep. You guys are in. Where are you guys at? We're still in Stuttgart. Yeah, yeah. You guys got the best gig in town, man. Right. <laughs> we're close enough. Uh, you know, we were, we were in Chamonix over the weekend, uh, which is a little bit farther of a drive than we normally do on a weekend. But uh, uh-huh. uh, we, you know, we were celebrating uh, George Washington's birthday on Monday, so <laughs> we had a free day off. So we went to France. <laughs> <laughs> But, uh, we, we're Americans, and we went to France to celebrate President's Day. Yeah. So let's go for it. That's awesome. Did you guys dress up? Uh, I mean, like, we were <laughs> like, dress up like what? George Washington? I don't. I don't know. I didn't know people dressed up for this holiday. That's what I, I'm asking. And I was out the other day, and I saw people with American flag shirts and bedazzled American flag on their butts, like in huh. huh. jewels. Yeah, it was blowing my mind. Salt Lake's kind of weird. Yeah, they won't admit to it, but they are. I appreciate it, but uh, no, no, we we just you know didn't go to work. Yep, and uh, <laughs> that's awesome. It was a nice day. <laughs> Got to do a little paragliding in Sham, so that was that was. Fun. Yeah, you yeah. guys have picked that up now, huh? Trying, mm-hmm. or at least yeah, trying. Drawing? What do you got? It's so nice over there. You can land on your butt and just skim into it. They've got beautiful grass pastures for you and everything. Yeah, it just takes time, and it's winter, so the weather oh, yeah. the weather can be pretty iffy. Well, no, that's cool that you guys picked that up. It's better, I think, to do it out there than it is in Hawaii. Uh, yeah, yeah. Well, Hawaii's winds are really challenging for paragliding. I, I can only imagine. I mean, because we we get nuking winds out there. So. Do you guys feel that kind of getting your um, I don't know, cutting your teeth out there in Hawaii with those winds and skydiving and do you think that's made you better base jumpers? Uh, I don't know that it made me a better base jumper. Um, I think, or just a better canopy pilot? Yeah, better canopy pilot for sure. But I think it also um, gave me, when I was younger, um, it gave me a false confidence. Because yeah. uh, I, I actually learned um, on the East Coast. And then um, I had like a four-year break in the sport and then when i got back i started in hawaii so so i was rusty and i had learned somewhere where the winds were like never nearly as as uh interesting as they are in hawaii so that that's Mm -hmm. sort of um you know once i got you know used to jumping in hawaii and and then like and then when i started base jumping I, i think it gave me a false sense of confidence in a lot of ways but really uh, yeah but, you okay. know, it definitely, um, I, I was comfortable in conditions that you wouldn't see at most drop zones. What's going on? Yeah, just on? don't screw up. Yeah, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Not no, I, I think. said than I, done. Actually, every, yeah, you've had, you've for sure been leg slapped. Three times. No, I, I, was asking, I was asking, I was asking you, Mason. I, I know Brian. No, stared no, me in the eyes no. when he told me that. You've never had a no. leg slap? No. Oh, I've, oh my. I got applauded by dop and for those that don't know there is the the resident leg slapper out in hawaii and if you screw up and you work for the company he 
gives you an inner leg slap to let you know, hey, don't do that again, right? I mean, that's how you mm-hmm. would describe it, correct? Generally, okay. Right. Yeah, you can you can type uh, hashtag leg slap into Instagram and see plenty. Uh, you'll you'll find it. But um, yeah, it's a form well, of discipline, you, and it, but it's also a rite yeah. of passage in some regards. So like, uh, oh, you know, so you mean I didn't? I didn't? No, no, no. Uh, that, that's not what I meant. Oh. That's not what I meant. But. <laughs> Oh, I'm man. just justifying how many times I've been smacked. That's all. <laughs> <laughs> well, it, it, I was there when I was out in Skydive Hawaii and working out there. I was in when they kind of started the leg slap and it was growing. And you can only get it if you work there. Mm-hmm. And then I started seeing the transition of people who jumped there all the time that were considered family. They got them. And then it turned into, hey, it's your birthday. You're going to get a leg slap. Like it's, mm-hmm. oh, it's your hundredth jump. You're getting a leg slap. So somehow I missed that. I didn't <laughs> get my so-called rite of passage. Mm-hmm. But I did remember one time where I everybody was lining up for the plane. I was coming in last. I was looking to do my final turn and land into the wind. And as I'm doing it, I normally would pull on my fronts and then just kind of get a little bit of speed and then land into the wind and be great for some strange reason i didn't like it tried to do a flat turn didn't like it and then ended up taking a downwinder parallel to the to the the runway for the airplane where everybody was already lined up and everyone was watching me and mm-hmm. i took this downwinder and i'm hauling ass in that nuke and wind out in hawaii and i'm like almost on my butt one leg out in front of me one underneath my ass and i'm just sliding flying 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 and then finally flare at the end and come up to my feet and everybody's like are you okay and i'm like yeah i'm good hey that's cool they're like "Ooh," and i'm like oh shit leg slap, I'm gonna get a leg slap. <laughs> i knew it <laughs> so dop had gone on that flight I'm packing up my parachute. He gets done. Everybody's like peeking around a corner over a bench. They're all staring at me. Right. Like, they, they're wondering if it's going to come. This kid's going to get it. And he goes, hey. I'm like, what? what, what what's up? He's like, is that you over there? You took that downwinder? I was like, yeah. He goes, what's up? I go, tried to make my turn. Didn't feel right. Tried to make a flat turn. Didn't feel right. I knew I could take downwinder, and I was over in the grass. So I did what I thought was safe. He goes, good job. And everybody's like, no. they're they're screaming they're so disappointed and i'm like are you are you fucking with me is this the way he does this now he fucks with you and then he smacks you i'm like i'm losing my mind and he's like no good job i watched you don't do that again and i said not a problem sir you got it because he's he's broken skin on people oh yeah for sure yeah i'm sure you boys have been recipients of that yeah yeah i've had a couple (laughs) yeah Uh Well, that's kind of what I was talking about. That's where I think like it, it really helped me because that's where I learned how to speed fly was out there. And I think coupling that with the crazy weather and the wind and the unforgiving landings and having that drop zone be so crucial of everybody staying safe and really working the canopy stuff, I found it it's kind of saved me in a lot of instances where maybe things could have gone worse as far as a really tight landing or – being in an area where the winds weren't favorable and having the mindset to know that, Hey, this, this is going to be difficult. Maybe I shouldn't take this jump. So it, it, it's helped me. I always use it as my baseline for things. Yeah. Yeah. And they have a pretty high standard out there for, uh, you know, just what's acceptable canopy piloting. So. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's an incredible place with a lot of talent. So Mason, how did you get into tattooing? Oh, Oh man. 
I, I don't know. For me, it, it seemed like I describe it like this. Like, you know, as a kid, when somebody does a magic trick, that there's something to it. You know, what I mean, it's mm-hmm. a magic with a trick. But for me, tattooing was always like real magic. There was no trick. It was just it blew my mind that these images could be in somebody's skin. And then no matter how much you kind of push the skin around, you're not changing that image. It's not smearing. It's not going anywhere. And it was that coupled with the bikers that I would see with it where I was scared of them, but I wanted to look at their arm, but I didn't want them to see me looking at them, but I wanted to stare at the image. And it just built this tension of just curiosity. And then I was like, man, I got to do this. So I think at 16, my health class, I had to do a report on a job as if you were going to work it in the future. And I decided to be an employee tattoo artist. So I went out interviewed tattoo artists asked them about the gig and they were telling me these rock and roll stories and i was like oh yeah this is for me i need to do this and coupled with the fact that i could draw and had been drawing since i was little i was like this is it this is what i'm gonna do for the rest of my life and so far yeah 15 years 16 years i've been doing it yeah yeah and you you've taken this all over the world too it has it's um one of the things i was told when i started is that you can do this anywhere and i was like no way and they're like yeah you can you can travel over the world and tattoo and i that that just stuck with me i don't know if the guy was bullshitting me or just kind of saying it to be cool but i was like i gotta do this so i think initially i had my eyes and heart set on australia i think any american kid always looked at australia as like oh my god what's that you know the crocodile hunter crocodile dundee anything australian I just ate it up. I don't know. You guys the same way? Oh, totally. Yeah. I love right. It. it was, yeah, it was like your dream place to go. And you're like, man, I wish I was Australian. So I went out there and I ended up living there for about two years, uh, just south of Melbourne in Geelong in a little small city over there, which was, it was awesome. And when I tell people from Australia that I lived in Geelong, they're like, what the fuck is wrong with you? It's just like <laughs> a blue collar worker town. It really, it's just, there's nothing too special about it, you know? And it's just a cool place. And, the guy that I knew had lived there and had a shop and he's like, bring it. So I went over there and it was supposed to be a visit and it ended up being about two and a half years and traveling all over that country and living there. So that was like my first real get out of the house, go somewhere. And I used my talents to pay for my bills. So tattooing literally was my livelihood and it was now taking me to other countries. So that was the first place I went to. That's pretty rad. Bro. Do you want it? Are you still on you the circuit? <laughs> um, I, since the last time I saw you guys, I think was about two years ago, right? Yeah. Maybe, give or take. That was probably my heaviest year of traveling. I did seven, I think seven new countries and I did them all probably within about eight or nine months. Oh, wow. And yeah, since then I haven't done nearly as much. Um, one of my staple places that I travel to currently and have been for the last 10 years is Iceland. So I just got back from Iceland at the end of January. Um, I've been here in Salt Lake City for about a month. And at the end of this month, I'm going to go back to Iceland and work over there again and uh, hang out with some friends and, and do some tattoos. How did you, how'd you so, uh, get hooked up with Iceland in the first place? About eight, nine years ago, maybe ten. Um, I was talking to somebody about a tattoo convention and he had mentioned that his brother was going out to Iceland working on some people. And I was like, no way. 
I, and I talked to some friends and I'm like, Hey, you guys, where would you go? And they're like, Oh, I'd go to Jamaica. I'd go to Costa Rica. I'd go here. I'd go to Australia. I was like, what about Iceland? And they're like, no way. You know, we're, I was living in Florida at the time and everyone was like, no way. Now I'm not doing that. That's too cold. And I'm like, well, that means I have to do it. And so the fact that nobody I knew had done it meant that I really wanted to see what was up with it. So I went out there, ended up working for this incredible family who uh, have helped me out tremendously through my travels and, and always made me feel safe there. And I did the convention. I worked at their shop. I guest spotted there. And I've continued to work for them for the last 10 years. <clears throat> Nice. So, yeah. yeah, it's not a bad gig. Um, I also learned that through traveling and working, and I don't know if there's any other people that do what I do or, or want to do that, but I learned if you're going to try to make money in another country, go to the places that are really expensive. <laughs> that way your money's <laughs> more worth it and you can earn better. And then when you come home, if your bills are cheap, man, you're living like a king. You know what I mean? I would never go to Costa Rica and come home with a bushel of coconuts and expect to pay my rent with it. You know? <laughs> so I go to the places that they have a higher a higher standard of living and then and try to work there. And and that's kind of what's helped me get around to all these different countries and, and be in different places and looking at it like that. Yeah, because when, when we got linked up, uh, again, you were working in Switzerland. Yeah, I yeah. was. That was, yeah, that was pretty cool. The Swiss people are, I don't know, I'm not trying to. Hmm, how do I put this? They're different. They're they're very unique. <laughs> and, and being being a Florida boy, and I, I base it off of a polychromatic time system. Like my life and the Latin feel that I got from living in South Florida with the Cubans and the Puerto Ricans is things happen when they happen. That was how you set your clock. You know what I mean? You uh -huh. didn't know that they happened at eight o'clock. That's not when dinner reservations and you show up and you're ready to drink. Not it's a, like not you at get a there. One. 801 is yeah, not 8 o'clock. What? 801 is not 8 o'clock. The train they is gone. Yeah. And if you're early, it's just as bad as being late. You guys notice that? Uh, they don't like it when you're early in Switzerland. It's too much. You're like, whoa, our appointment's at 8. Don't be here at <laughs> quarter till. I'm not ready for you. And so that was the biggest disagreement or grievous or whatever you want to call it between me and the Swiss people is that they were very set on that. And I was just more loose as I spent time and I started hanging out with you guys over there and then living in Switzerland more. I got used to their time system and then it got really bad because then I went back to Hawaii uh -oh. and I'm so used to the Swiss time system. <laughs> and then I'm in Hawaii and I'm losing my fucking hair because I'm like, where are you at? Where's my appointment? I finally get a hold of him four hours later. I'm like, Hey bro, where are you at? I was supposed to tattoo you today. He's like, Oh man, I went surfing. I go, what the shit, man? You had a noon, you had a noon appointment. You could have called me. I would have gone surfing with you. And he goes, oh, that would have been cool. I'm like, okay, <laughs> I have to relax. I can't be in this Swiss time like period in my head. I got to get to the Hawaii time. And so that's what's been unusual for me is traveling is that I've lived in these places long enough to adapt to their culture. And then when I switch, it sometimes is a little difficult to get back to that other culture. And that's where I really start to see the differences and and find that that unusualness to be what's intriguing about traveling so much. And that's that's kind of been besides tattooing, that's the thing that I really enjoy the most and that's what keeps me traveling is learning about those differences. Yeah, I mean where where do you begin when it comes to uh I mean even just Switzerland, I mean there depending on where you're at, it could you know down near oh, yeah. Italy, you know, they're I'd say they're a little more chill, mm -hmm. you know. Yeah. 
Well, I was in the Swiss German side. I was in I was in St. Gallen, which yep. was you know maybe an hour or two south of Munich, which is Bavaria, Germany, which is chill. But that Swiss German side, man, they were like <laughs> on point about everything. Mm-hmm. And tattooing is a creative art form. I'll tell you a little anecdote real quick. I had an appointment. It was at ten o'clock in the morning, which is very unusual for tattoo artists. But I was up. I was ready. <laughs> I had I had my client's drawing all set up, and and he comes in. And he changed everything, everything. So I had a list of what he wanted originally that he came in and told us. And at the time of the appointment, everything changed. And I said, not a problem, man. I just got to go draw this over again for you. Can you give me a minute? And he goes, yes, but my appointment was at 10. And I go, I, I know, but you changed some things. I need some time to fix it. He goes, yes, but it's 10, 15. Aren't we supposed to get started? In my mind, I'm like, holy shit. I can't believe this guy's really saying this. Like, yes, we will get started. It's going to freehand it and just like go for it. <laughs> well, I mean, it's like it's supposed to be prepared before he gets there, yeah. even mm-hmm. though he changed it spur of the moment on me. Yeah. So then I go, let me let me draw something. I come back. It's 11 o'clock. I'm like, hey, this is it. He goes, yeah, that's good. But we're an hour late. We were supposed to start at 10. I'm like, oh, my ah. God. He goes, let me talk to your chef. Let me talk to your boss. And I'm like, okay so i go get my boss right i go hey i told him the story i explained to him he changed everything he goes oh okay and then he looks at me he goes yes but it's 11 o'clock you were supposed to start at 10 i go you're fucking kidding me this is my boss yeah and so it just blew my mind and that was that was extreme it didn't happen every time but that did happen so uh yeah man you really had to be tight on your time frames with everybody over there Yeah, and then going back to Hawaii where time's more of a suggestion. And yeah. yeah, I mean, it could be a different day completely. You know what I mean? Yeah. You're like, I thought we were supposed to meet in the morning. Nah, maybe tomorrow. What? <laughs> so I uh, I appreciate it for what it's worth, the Hawaii time frame. But I, I do like the Swiss a little bit because it, it holds you to everybody uses that standard of time. Mm-hmm. And that's what everybody trusts. And it's 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 an agreement. And I really appreciate it. But once you leave there, it doesn't work anywhere else. <laughs> Do you have you a know. favorite place uh, to tattoo? Um, in the world, some, that is. This place? In the world? <laughs> I don't know. A place that's got some good some uh, some good lighting and some good music. That always works well for me. But um, I, not too long ago, went to Kenya and worked over there and worked in Nairobi with some friends of mine. And that stole my heart. Like just being there, being in that culture, being in Africa, I was blown away. I mean, I was tattooing some friends one day and then we went for a drive into a lake the other day. And as we went for the drive, a giraffe walks in front of our car. And I'm like, (laughs) my jaw's on the floor. I'm pointing. I'm like, that's a, that's a giraffe. And my buddy's like, yeah, I know. I'm like, that's Carl. Fuck you. (laughs) Yeah. Carl's a dick. Yeah, that's just, you know, just doing his thing. And then we got in this boat and we're hanging out and we're we're by hippopotamuses. And I thought Africa was like hippos are over here a couple miles away. Giraffes are over here a couple miles away. And the zebra, the zebra are over here. No, they were on the head of a pin. You know what I mean? They were in such close proximity to everybody. I was breaking my neck looking at everything and just trying to check it out. And this is just in their backyard. So, yeah, I think Africa, Kenya, stole my heart just being able to use my talents to work in a place like that that had such 
I don't know, diversity in animals and, and just a cool feel. I mean, I don't, I don't know. Have you guys ever been over there in Africa at all? Not yeah. Me. Yeah. I, I spent quite a bit of time down there. Um, but have you yeah. been to, did you make it out to Diani, uh, skydive Diani? Yeah. No, I didn't get to go skydiving. I wanted to, we were partying a lot. It was my buddy's wedding. I mean, it happens. And we were in, yeah, we were in Diani beach. We were there. We saw the skydivers. My buddy's like, you've got to do this. I'm like, I would love to, but I've been hung over for four days because it was during New Year's that we went out there after yeah. his wedding. Oh, I thought I thought it was so. a Christmas, isn't it? A Christmas or New Year's boogie that they do? Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, I was I was there. Like I said, uh, okay, I didn't okay, know okay, about gotcha. that until I got there, yeah. and then I was like, oh man. So I'm definitely planning a trip back out there because um, you guys know Annette, right? Yeah, yeah, of course, of course. Yeah, she's jumping out there all the time. I see her pictures when she's out there with everybody mm-hmm. and I'm just like, man, that looks so much fun. That would be such a cool place to be able to go do that in Africa. And so I didn't get a chance to get any jumps while I was there. It was more of a, a vacation slash work, um, wedding that I had to go to and do. So next time. Yeah. Yeah. I did a yeah. little bit of skydiving in, uh, Uganda. Um, but really? that, that was just pretty impromptu and I just happened to be there and have my, have my gear. So, it worked out, um, but I tell you, flying canopies at four thousand feet above sea level uh, affects how you fly for sure. You know, it's uh, yeah, a little little faster landings than I was expecting, but yeah, you know, it's fine. Yeah, <laughs> that's what it's like out over here. We're about four thousand feet above sea level out here, and uh, when we go out to Ogden, and it's the same thing. You're like, oh, oh, okay, yeah, yeah, all right. There's I'm ready. no I'm good. air down here. <laughs> Yeah, it's like getting a well, downsized a couple uh, canopy sizes. Yeah. Well, what about you guys? Where have you gone? Where have you jumped that, or uh, let's say worked that's been unusual for you, or some place that you've gotten to frequent or would like to go back to? I mean, you guys are right there in Europe, so you got anything at your access. Right there. Yeah, yeah, you know, there's like, more places to go than time to do it. Yeah, no. I mean, I, I've been pretty fortunate uh, that through work, you know, I got sent to Hawaii, and then I lived there for like ten years, and then. Uh, you know, got got sent to Europe, so to speak, and uh, been been living over here for a while, and and just uh, been fortunate to live in nice, you know, either tourist towns or somewhere near an ocean, um, and now close to the Alps, so I can base jump. But uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> you guys are doing pretty right. good, man. <laughs> I'm telling you, you got you got probably one of the best gigs being able to kick it over there and take those weekends off. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. I mean, our. I feel bad sometimes, you know, when someone's like, so what'd you do this weekend? I'm like, oh, mm-hmm. you know, just uh, went went paragliding in Chamonix with some friends. Yeah. And uh, they're like, oh, I did I did my taxes. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> mm. Nope, not me. I'm not doing that. <laughs> yeah, right? Well, what, Brian, what, Brian, what, one time we stayed in town yep. and enjoyed the weekend. And I think you said that was one of the first times you had ever stayed. Right. In, in and not... Yeah, we're, yeah, yeah. We're uh, we're we're strangers here practically. Yes, yeah. during the week, you know, like we barely know my way around. Yeah, like uh, you know, cooked. You know, we just did uh, what steak and broccoli tonight. De- had zero intentions of leaving the house once I got here. You know, so it's like, and then the weekend rolls around and poof, we're gone. You know, so. gone. Yeah, we had Brian in a banana suit running around the city, <laughs> mm-hmm. making friends. Yeah, banana man. That was awesome. The that whole really town cool. loved that thing. 
I think if you were to bring it out two years later, people would be like, I remember seeing you. Dude, we've missed you. We've missed you. <laughs> yeah, I put that banana suit to, to work. Yeah. Yeah, actually what I really enjoyed, uh, you know, because we, we would meet you in uh, – where were we picking you up on our way down? Well, uh, win- winter, winter Tour. Winter Tour, yeah. Yeah, yeah Winter yeah. Tour. It was perfect. Yeah. I mean, yeah, we, was... would, we would stop there or either in Bern. I think one time we did mm-hmm. a, a dinner in Bern. And we're all like, man, we should check this out. Yeah, let's do that. And then we never, after we left the city, we like totally forgot that we even cared to try to hang out there again. Right. And Burns is an incredible city, but I mean, we just had that weekend routine of getting down there. And get down there, get the jumps friends. in. Yeah. No, yeah. Just see, see the Valley people. <laughs> but, well, they would always change too. You'd get new Valley people. Yeah. And, and from that, actually, one of my good friends out here now, Heath Ordway, I don't know if you guys yeah. know him at all. Yeah, bumped into him. Man, what a talent. Super talent, very humble. I mean, he, him and I, we go rallying and we either go camping or climbing or jumping or whatever. And he, I met him in the valley and then ran into him in Twin at the bridge. And we're just like, man, you're cool. He's like, you're cool too. Let's hang out. And it's just this base jumping community where you find these people all over the world. And you never know when you're going to pop into them next. You know, it's such a cool feeling. Yeah. And the, and the Valley has a way of like drawing people in and, uh, then you get to, you know, it's like when, when you go there pretty regularly, you meet so many interesting people. Um, yeah. And, yeah. And, you know, that's again, why we're doing the podcast, <laughs> but you know, one of my favorite times when we linked up, um, so we actually picked you up in Innsbruck and, uh, headed on down to Brento. You yeah. That? <laughs> yeah, it was too cool, man. Yeah, and then like we were, that was too cool. We were like getting weathered, or or we, I don't, or maybe we were trying to go to bed early so that we could actually get up early. And ended up, get up uh, at four in the morning. Yeah, so early. Um, but we ended up watching that uh, that tattoo competition show. Yeah, on like oh, Brian's yeah. computer, and, and you were like giving us your perspective. <laughs> and, like, and your critiques like i had so much fun i was like i'm i'm, I'm learning so much right because i mean it's one thing when they say it on tv but like you're you're pointing out uh so much more um while we were watching it, it was like uh um uh, i don't even know what it was i was hooked on that show yeah. right it was a fun experience you know i am too it's it's i don't even remember thing. the jumps from that trip but i <laughs> but <laughs> <laughs> no offense to anybody here but but uh <laughs> Or that was there, but uh, but I do uh-huh. remember watching Inked. <laughs> yeah, you know that's it's such a cool show, and 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 people have different viewpoints on that show, and I'm glad you guys enjoyed it. And I guess having somebody that knows about the art form and then giving you the inside loop, you feel like you just get projected into the show even more. You know, mm-hmm. um, it's this really strange thing, and I I don't know if it carries over to different things, and maybe we'll talk about it for a minute, but. Sometimes in tattooing, in this world, it seems like all these artists get into it to establish themselves and to be something. And sometimes they overdo their own personality. And these TV shows pick up on that and they kind of make fun of them without doing it too much. Mm. And some of the tattoo artists who watch the show hate it because they're like, that's not real. That's this. That's that. And, and, And it seems like every tattoo artist is a little grouchy if it's not done their way. You know, and I don't know if that's tattooing or if that's just the way things are or if that's somewhat people that are a little insecure that do that. But, you know, compared to base jumping, 
everybody has stoke for somebody else, no matter what level they're at. You know, if we're all going on a jump and, and this guy does a gainer and then takes off in his wingsuit and then lands perfect, the next guy that just has a nice exit, we've got equal stoke for that guy and the guy before him. You know, there's no – there's camaraderie. There's no yeah, hate. There's no – the competition level between each other. The ego, I feel, maybe I'm wrong, is very minimal. Like everybody's got time and space to share to make the other person stoked on what they're up to. Are you guys noticed that as well? Yeah, 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 in by, general. yeah. By and large, you know, like, uh, yeah, the stokes high, and and everybody, you know, if whoever you're going on a jump with, uh, you know, you make some new friends along the way, get to know them during the hike, or they could be people you've been jumping with for you know years and years, and it's still going to be a good time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you think that's because do you think that's because the um, when you say the um, not the odds, but the the high risk? mortality of the sport yeah. yeah the high risk of it i kind of wanted to say it without saying it but yeah you think it's because of the high risk and the fact that we all kind of share and taking that risk that we we kind of feel that way yeah i mean it's a it's a massive adrenaline dump so like people who have those experiences with other people are gonna you know i i think bond more yeah well and i, I look at it like um you know, when you, when you, when you, a shared experience, especially high stress shared experience, uh, causes tighter bonds, you know, and, uh, and that's not to say anything about, it, you know, to, to compare, I mean, pick an activity. If there are other people that like that activity, you're going to be close to them, you know, or you're going to mm-hmm. have more in common. Um, but yeah, I think maybe the high risk nature of it, um, plays a role for yeah, sure. Yeah, it does something. Who knows? <laughs> Well, have you guys there's a there's a few different things that I've experienced with it and you guys got way more jump numbers than I do, but I, there's I remember one time I was walking up to an exit and it was my group which was maybe two of us three tops and then there's another group that was already geared up. There's a natural course of action where you let the group that's geared up go first. You politely ask, "Hey, can I go in front of you if if you're ready to go, right?" Right. I I was standing on exit and the one guy that was gearing up in their group of seven just kept talking about his anxiety and how he felt and all. And I'm looking over at Heath and I'm like, dude, can we get the fuck off this mountain real quick? You know, like Mm -hmm. I didn't want to catch on his vibe. vibe. Yeah. Yeah. Have you guys experienced that at all? Oh, absolutely. Uh, I mean, I've totally been at exits with people that were just, uh, geeking yeah either either too amped up. i mean it's been different you know I, i've had people that were like uh too amped up like above the energy level that i that i like to have or, was carrying up there yeah yeah, or like the anxiety type that um is maybe standing at the exit for a little i mean there's no set amount of time that you have to stand at the exit but but like legs wobbling mm-hmm. at the on the exit and yeah. like just waiting yeah, bring, so we, mm-hmm. everybody everybody feels the the same emotion, just sure feeding off of that one person. Yeah, yeah. There's definitely uh, an energy can can be established for sure. Now, have you ever been on exit where somebody's mentioned something to somebody? Oh yeah, where they kind of we are like, whoa! I like, can't believe he just fucking you said go, that to that person. Like you should go home. You should not be here. <laughs> you've, you've been there when that's happened. Oh yeah, yeah. We had some guy oh, wow. showed up from Brento. He uh, was basically told to uh, 
Yeah, just when he was at the bar, just go go to Yellow Ocean first thing in the morning. You'll run into uh, Dukes' course and uh, just, oh, wow. just tag along with them. Yeah. Yeah. So we didn't know that. We were hiking along. I was with Dukes' course at the time, and this dude just kind of follows us and gets to the exit point, and Dukes just kind of asks him, like, yo, what's your uh, – what?" because he got geared up. And he had his like stash bag sticking out because he didn't Oof. he didn't wear he he didn't wear the stash bag under a shirt, right? So stash bag is sticking out out the, the bottom at the bottom out oh, the yeah. top didn't matter yeah all Down, over the the side straps were just dangling around the uh, pilot chute huh so huh. Uh, dude huh. was like not dude, advisable that's, yeah that's bad <laughs> no let's let's just say let's put that on record right now we could say that's not advisable folks and it's already okay. killed Good. somebody so. Oh. Yeah, so he uh, he says, wh- wh- "Who's wh- who's your mentor? I mean, are you here with anyone?" And he said, uh, "Yeah, my mentor. We just." And he was like, "How many jumps do you have?" "Oh, three at the at, at Brento." And then we came here, and uh, my mentor is jumping another exit point, so I'm just doing this mm-hmm. one. And Diggs was like, "Nah." He, First of all, you should not be here. You should go back. But you're he got grown- grounded, huh? But you're a grown... No, well, that's the thing. Duke says, well, you're a grown-ass man. I'm telling you, you shouldn't jump. You should go back. But, you know, you make your own decision. But you will not be anywhere near this course. Oh, wow. So we let him go first. He opened. He landed. And we didn't We didn't see him. So, you didn't see him the rest of the weekend, huh? Yep. Yeah, yeah, he took off. Huh. Yeah, yeah you don't need that dude, bad uh, juju around you. Yeah, we've had some people. I mean, you've, there's there, shoot, the videos are out there, but people showing up with almost no experience. I mean, it's yeah. if you hang around long enough, you're going to see a lot of weird stuff, and you just hope that maybe people use better judgment or do do more research, You know, find a good mentor, take a good FJC. But, you know, I mean, yeah. some some people think you can learn anything from YouTube. But it was YouTube, awesome. <laughs> the the The... The cool thing about it was that an entire group of like eight students got to see someone put their foot down and like and, be real with somebody and see what wrong looks like, yeah. like right up close. And oh yeah, that's I mean that fucking experience you can't even fake that for those kids for those sorry for those students. Yep, you know that's intense. So you you guys have watched it definitely. Probably the valley is just booming with uh, YouTubers that are coming out there to to try to take their hand at it all, huh? Uh, you know, I haven't seen, so Brian and I, like, A, we're, we're, we're not first load kind of guys in the morning. Yeah. Oh, no, I've been with you guys. <laughs> it's quality, and, uh, not quantity. Yeah. You know, um, <coughs> so I haven't it, seen it. I've seen it a little bit on YouTube, but none. I mean, in general, I haven't, it, yeah, I don't not, know. It's not so much. Yeah. It, I mean, it still happens, but well, it's, it's a little self-governing out there in the valley. Yeah. Well, like, that's. We've, yeah, no, I, I was just, I mean, the community is self-governing. I mean, if you post some some questionable stuff or some cheesy stuff, you know, people will uh, let you know. Yeah, <laughs> not shy to You comment. guys, we were, in, we were in Brento, and I don't remember the guy's name, but he was talking about doing the suspension mm. with Stenzi, right? Stasi? Yeah, yes. yeah. Do you guys Stens- remember that? Stens- Stens- yeah, yeah, and uh, that was Wes, I'm pretty sure. Yep. That was Wes. Yeah. Great guy. Yeah, he did it. Um, I was... Yeah, he did do it. I was, uh, you know, level of stoke was pretty high. My 
I was reluctant, but I didn't necessarily pass judgment. I think I, I more or less asked questions than trying to be like, okay, for, for those that don't know, um, how would you explain this? He did oh, suspension based like, uh, yeah, jump piercings yeah. instead of having a container, um, that would hold a parachute. You just have uh, piercing clips that connect to risers, which then connect to the parachute. And, um, it looks, it looks painful. I, I've heard you know stories that it's pretty euphoric. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know. Not, not, I'm not, and I've also heard that it's terrible. Now this is, this is both my worlds now. This is <laughs> right? what tripped me out because this is both my worlds. Like I was a piercer. I well, was, I've never been a suspension guy, but I've been around those that have done suspensions. I've provided the energy and the talk to the person getting pierced to kind of level them into something where it's of comfort because the piercing part's not that bad. It's when your body releases from the floor and you're no longer using your feet to hold yourself up and it's your actual your skin suit basically that's being suspended by these fairly large piercing hooks and that's where people kind of lose their shit so i've seen it so when wes is telling me he's doing it my mind's going bonkers i'm looking at logistics and thinking about it and thinking about the euphoric thing and man i was blown away by it i didn't really have too much judgment on whether he should do it or not do it i was just taken back that people need that level of experience you know it it blew my mind yeah it blew my mind I, I talked to him shortly after that, you know, and, and I was I was pretty stoked for him because it was something he wanted to do, and it was a challenge he wanted to overcome, or you know, like a mental thing. And mm-hmm. um, oh yeah, I it's not for me, you know. I said that too, <laughs> you know. It's like, I'm not I, I'm not interested in that, but I was happy that he did it and lived. It and, was and, very fun to watch yeah. most like base jumpers' reactions. Oh no way would I ever do that. It's like well. Most people think what you're doing is pretty crazy right. too. Yep, yep, <laughs> yep. They're like that's crazy. But d- did you guys watch his face on camera as he's he's doing the exit? Like, you can read so many different emotions in him, mm. you know. And to me, I was just like that. I was taken by that. I really enjoy. I don't know if it's still on YouTube or if you can find it easily or it's on um, one of the other video. Yeah, hosting sites. Yeah, if uh, I'll run it by him, if it's cool, I'll add I'll add some of the show notes. I'm sure it's out there. If it, you know. Yeah, and it's just it's it's incredible just to watch his his different motions going through it all, and and uh, yeah, I was I was really excited for him, and man, I was like, I just want to jump off cliffs and have my parachute open. I didn't know that people wanted to take it to that level, but uh, that's the world we live in now, boys. It's right. getting crazy out there. <laughs> Yeah. Next, you're gonna see you're gonna see tandem wingsuits. That's what's gonna be next. Oh, there, uh, there are in, they're in development for sure. sure. People are working on that. Oh, I believe it. That's what's gonna come out. I mean, there's so many like uh, housewives that want to do that shit. They're ready to go. They want to get strapped in and then right. flown. They, they, oh, mm-hmm. oh. I think I think just strapping a human to your chest and jumping off a plane is kind of scary. I mean, <laughs> you, you talk to them for ten minutes. And then you go out to a plane and then expect them to like react into a high stress situation and doing it. And most the, most people do exactly what you ask them to do, you know, but every now and then you get that one person who's just trying to kill both of you and they don't even know it, you know? So it's, but so you were doing throw, tandems, throwing right? some, yeah, I did, I did tandems for about a, for about a year a season. Um, it was, it was a, a lot of fun. It was a growing experience. Um, but I, I just can't imagine 
letting someone wear a lot of fabric and then try and do something else like that. But, oof. <laughs> but wingsuit, now, I wingsuit tunnels are here. I would strap their arms to them. Right? Yeah. The wingsuit tunnels are here. Yeah. We're trying to get over there to Sweden and do that. Yeah. That's incredible. But, yeah. It's, it's an exciting time to be alive. But, <laughs> yeah. But you know, like our like the sky sports are still growing so much. Like it's they're they're still in their especially base being in its infancy as far as uh, relative to you know more established sports like surfing and skiing, snowboarding. You know, all all these sports that have had their fatalities. But um, you know, there's a growing uh, learning process. Yeah, there's a phase, and we're just we're still in our you know a growing phase. So hopefully, you know, and hopefully we get more better technology, more knowledge uh you know and people start living more (laughs) living longer (laughs) yeah it's it's sad the sacrifices that had to be made to make the kind Mm -hmm. of adjustments that we've had to do i think most active base jumpers read the the base fatality list to kind of get a grasp of what not to do and it's uh, yeah it's bittersweet reading that thing yeah have have you seen the the documentary sunshine superman Oh, are you kidding me? I love uh, that. Thing. Yeah, I love that so much. Um, and you know, but uh, and it's hard to watch uh, for me sometimes. But I have to remind myself that you know the, those guys had very limited uh, decision making uh, criteria. You know, and like our decision making criteria, the longer you're in the sport, the more considerations you're and factors you're processing. And half the time, you don't even. I like, I don't even consciously do it half the time, but I'm assessing things and I'm looking at things all the time, you know, and, and it took though a lot of those accidents, you know, to get us to where we are, you know, uh, doing the, the, you know, doing the things we are doing to stay alive and that, that will continue to grow. I mean, five years from now, who knows, there might be guys being like, hold on, you did what with yeah, your bridle. You, you know, you, or, jumped, you, know like, you jumped yeah. a Velcro rig. Uh, oh yeah. my You goodness. took a Velcro yeah. rig terminal. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Oh, I think about that too, and I'm like, whoa, you're so gnarly. Right. We're you know, so I, I finally gnarly. so I, a Velcro rig for those that may not know is it's it's the rig closes with Velcro as opposed to uh, a pin closing system that you would see that similar to modern skydiving rigs but there you know i don't know people told me never to take my velcro rig terminal and we did it oh, plenty, plenty of times, times it? but yeah. whatever <laughs> whatever <laughs> yeah. we called her lucy goosey for a reason and it wasn't uh oh my god yeah <laughs> i guess it had some sliding around everybody jumped her but she also the velcro was kind of loose but no, it's been re- no. It got replaced <laughs> yeah, twice. Yeah, 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 replaced twice. Yeah. You're lucky you guys got big old heads blocking some of that wind from getting right? there and grabbing. <laughs> That's what it is. You guys got big old cabezas, man, stopping it. <laughs> you don't even know. Like if you could find out at the end of this life, and then they give you this list of all the shit that you almost died that from, almost killed like, you. Yeah, yeah, you'd be like, really? Right. That I should not look at girls while driving so much. I almost died 37 <laughs> times. Yeah. Like. That's what, you know, you're like, fuck. And then the silly stuff that you're like, man, that was close. And then the list goes, no, dude, you weren't even close. You did a good job. Like, you don't get that list. You only get your friends making fun of you and maybe some footage going, that was retarded. Yeah. Because I don't, were you guys there in Hawaii? I had my first cutaway. I was doing some head down stuff with, uh, fuck, I forget who it was. I had just changed my canopy into a smaller one. And one of the riggers put it in. And when he put in the three ring, he put that yellow cord that goes through that. 
it didn't go all the way up into my riser. The javelin rig apparently had a recall because it wouldn't go all the way through. We jumped once. Everything was fine, right? Jumped again. You've got video of him grabbing my harness when we're going head down. His thumb scrapes my three ring system. Okay. Which, yeah. And it rubbed the loop right off. So when I opened, I had one riser attached and the other thing was dangling. So you had a streamer. But it wasn't on my RSL side. And if it was, that could have been a big fucking problem. You know what I mean? It would have pulled out my reserve for me. And when I got down to the ground, I pulled my reserve. I was stoked. The My rig was – or my, my canopy, I think – or my, my bag was in the water. Some surfer had gotten it for me. Like I was happy, man. Everybody got the kayak so I can go out to the water and retrieve what I needed to. I got back. I'm like, yeah, I fucking did it. And then we watched the video. And everybody's like, oh, my God. I've never seen that before. Oh, my God. That's incredible. How, I'm glad it didn't happen when you're under canopy. And then this vomitous feeling came over. I'm like, oh, oh my God. Yeah, and that, it was, was like, that was actually closer than you thought. Was- yeah. Being that I had jumped that rig like that one time before and everything was fine. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So on my list, if everything ended, that would have been up there like, yeah, that one was a close one. And uh, when reality set in, it made me fucking pretty nauseous. But no, we keep jumping. You know, you pack the rig, you keep jumping. You go have a good time, figure it all out again. So, it's a uh, it's an incredible sport. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. <laughs> Sorry, I'm just recollecting on that feeling again right now. I'm having trouble putting my words back together because I remember <laughs> the feeling of the nausea and watching that video where people with a cumulative amount of jump experience over 50 years are looking at me going, "Huh, I've never <laughs> seen that before." And luckily, we figured out the problem. Javelin put out a, a recall on it. And get you know you got that thing fixed so there are improvements made and we live and we learn right hopefully yeah (laughs) yeah i mean that's the idea (laughs) yeah how about you guys you got any good close ones that you're like holy shit yeah um i uh i almost drowned last year um (laughs) and uh what were we doing uh it was a base jump it's it's we i actually talked about it with with uh the the event organizer uh, jp to cam uh, literally i think it was our last recording yeah but um I, i'll tell you more offline on that one but um yeah, yeah no i mean problem. i've had some yeah. pilot shoots in tow um yeah i mean a few low poles like low yeah. openings i mean they, it you know you don't it's not, it's not something i'm proud of you know but it's they happen you know and uh, you just try and do your best to not let those you know things well let's just say they're they're generally a lot less of them now than yeah. they were I mean, 2014 base fails was right. a, a thing. Yeah, 2014 then, yeah. base fails was, I mean, and that was, but you know, that base fails video is pretty, it, uh, but I haven't done anything quite that Well, bad yeah, since. you want to see a good one. I mean, the Lemmings have a great base fails. It just right. makes ours look like, oh, that's silly. <laughs> like, yeah. So no recent close calls. Yeah, but I remember we were in Brento and I, I, I took it a little low. And then had to land in the trail, mm-hmm. and I'm just yeah. watching all you guys fly over me. Yeah, yeah, I got so like happy, and I'm like, I'm fucking moving forward, and right. I'm like, oh, you should open. Well, and you had and already been. Did. You did the valley before you did Brento, right? Because you were yeah. with us, yeah. Because yeah. we did yeah. everything backwards. Um, yes, yeah, so yes, that, we do. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so that that's part of it. A lot of people that get really used to the valley don't realize that not that many people can do a two piece tracksuit and get you know to the main landing area. Um, yeah. 
you know, I was people, trying. Were, people, more, people were doing it in onesies, but a lot of people were pulling kind of low. So, uh, so it's not uncommon for people that are used to the Valley to pull low at Brento or pull too low to make the main landing area. Uh, you know, there are a couple of offs, you know, uh, that anyone can point out for those that are hearing this and maybe aren't familiar with Brento, but have someone point the stuff out, you know, so that if you end up pulling yeah. low like this, like, you know what to do and you knew what to do. So I mean, you were fine. Well, it was pretty, it was funny. I got a video of it because I had to land on the Z trail mm-hmm. going up to the, to the mountain itself. And, and the, the trees were closer together than my canopy was wide. So I actually had to kind of come in straight and then give a little bit of a left turn so that my canopy left side would drop and my right would rise. And I could kind of like butter knife through the trees and I landed and then the canopy got stuck on the trees. So I went from like a woohoo to a, Oh God damn it. And uh, yeah, those are just those humbling moments where you're like, okay. And like I said, it helps when you have friends that go, Hey, don't fucking do that again, please. Yeah. Yeah, and then there's the ones that are like totally out of your control, like wingsuiting, wingsuit skydiving, with mm-hmm. people who just try to kill you. Mm-hmm. Like you're just flying along, you've got your GoPro, and all of a sudden there's this blur that's in two frames as that he, smacks you in the back of the head. Yeah, that comes barreling through the formation. Had that happen a couple of times. Do you guys limit the number of people you jump with in like a, a wingsuit wingsuit skydive? Like, nah. do you make sure you know pretty much 70% of everybody on the plane that you're jumping with? Like, in that formation? Eh, it depends. Yeah. Well, generally, when, when we go skydiving, we make a we, we try and get other people to go that we know. That yeah. We, it's usually um, a group. Yeah, we try to encourage a group to go and, like, you know, someone that um, show us some stuff, you know? So, usually... And if there's other people on that? Yeah. Then, sure, yeah. Hey, but everybody's jumping. Sort of oh, you got a freak, are, too? Yeah. Okay. It, Join us. Be the base. We'll follow you. You just do your thing. Well, yeah. I'm. I, see, I'm the. I'm the. Hmm, the. Uh, the less experienced one. I got the new suit. So we were building a big formation with like seven people, and I'm like, I don't fucking want this responsibility. Like, no. Like, I'm the guy that should screw it up. You know what I mean? We ended up going with it, but I just didn't like not knowing everybody there and what their skill levels were at. Because if somebody's going to burn right in front of me to burble me, I want to know that he's doing it because he's fucking with me and he's really good. Not because he fucking almost hit me and I got lucky. You know what I mean? hundred percent. hundred percent. So those are some of the things I look for, but I'm the low man. I'm, I'm not the low man in the formation, but I'm the guy that has the less, the least amount of skills for some of the guys that I'm jumping with here in Utah. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Luckily I know them. So I know they're, they're screwing with me as a friend, not as somebody who's trying to kill me, mm-hmm. but I, I've been on some jumps before oh. where I'm just like, yeah, I don't Oof, what is, I'm, I'm going to fly way over here guys. You know? It's, yeah. I would, uh, I wouldn't want to fly with somebody who likes to try and scare me. That sounds terrible. Not even a buddy. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I'd, I'd be like, Randy, but what are you doing? Oh, I thought it'd be funny. No, I don't want to. Yeah. Now you make me feel bad. Cause I did this to <laughs> one of my best friends when he's getting his a license. We had, we did this whole mock-up to get out of the plane on the ground and went over the count and everything. And he was really excited about it. And I had my, my coach's license. And so I could jump with him, you yeah. know, and I, we, he, he flies in the tunnel. So we took him head down and all this stuff. So we did the mock up and then we finally get to the plane and he's looking to do the same thing where we're going to kind of jump out the plane on three on one. I smack him in the nuts, grab his harness and just yuck him out of the plane with me. Mm-hmm. And so as we're falling head down, he's got both his hands on his nuts. Like, what the fuck? Fuck you. I got the whole GoPro recording the whole thing. Mm-hmm. We're going head down. He's got both his arms piped. We're hauling ass. 
I tell him to break off a little bit about 8,000 and then I'm telling him to get away. And he's like, no, we're fine. We have altitude. I'm like, no, go track, go away. As he turns around, I grab and take his shoe. I take his <laughs> shoe right off his foot. <laughs> oh, and, and then he gets down to the ground and he totally forgot that I hit him in the nuts because he was hopping on one foot because he only had one shoe on. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> for his A license jump. Yeah, that was for his graduation jump. So he'd get a stamp on his forehead. So you we brought that into Delan. <laughs> and we, we put it on the big screen in Delan, and everybody was dying, man. They had a blast. And he's just like, fuck you. And I'm like, I love you, man. Welcome to skydiving. I appreciate it. You know, but again, <laughs> I wouldn't. I would not appreciate that. But, uh, some, you know, some people call things. <laughs> tradition and other people call them hazing you know like i mean there's yeah yeah well well granted this was one of my best friends and and he uh him and i have been through hell we trained jujitsu for many many years together and we used to do mma and kickboxing so we've kicked each other in the tops of the heads yeah you know it's in our little realm i think it's acceptable yeah i wouldn't do it for somebody new yeah Yeah. 100 percent. yeah that's that's totally legit I don't want to make myself out to be a bad right, guy, no. but that was fucking awesome. <laughs> no, I just don't want to. I just don't want to set myself up for the retribution. Yeah. Well, now yeah. he's he's a phenomenal flyer. He's yeah. he's worked with the guys and done head down records, and, and he was a tunnel coach in Austin. He was the manager. He worked out in California, and then he worked over in Tampa. So his skill levels completely surpassed mine. So yeah. when he wants to jump. I'm like, no, we're wingsuiting, right? He goes, no, we're going to go do some head downs. No, no, no. We're going to go do what I can do. Because uh, mm-hmm. I don't want to get smacked in the nuts again or by him. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, he's a phenomenal flyer now. But it was cool just to see him come through that and then watch that bug take a hold of him. Mm-hmm. You know, he went from a guy who's reluctant to even go on a tandem to somebody like, all right, that's it. I fucking quit my jobs. I'm done. I'm skydiving now. Like, how do I do it? And uh, I'm sure a lot of us have seen that. I've seen people that have just quit and done everything. And sometimes you want to give them caution, but other times you're like, no, nah, man, that's that's that bug. That's that that's that nylon crack or whatever you want to call it that hits people and grabs them. Yeah, yeah, it's so. a beautiful thing. I'll, I'll never stand in the way of that, you know. But that's for sure. Mason, uh, I know we don't have much time left because you have an appointment coming up. Um, but I wanted to talk a little about Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu and uh, you know oh, how, yeah, how you sure. found that because like I because you you know me like I, I love uh, MMA and particularly Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu um, and uh, you know I watch the UFC quite a bit and so wanted to cover BJJ with you real quick. So how did you yeah, find it and um, what do you love about it and all that? You know, what do you want to say? Um, Ten years ago, I got a buddy of mine, and, and I don't know if this is this might be most people's stories, but we were screwing around. We, we were a little drunk, having a good time, and things kind of got a little out of control. And I had wrestled varsity in high school, so I knew I knew that ground game aspect. And and he had done jujitsu for about a year and a half, so he knew things that I didn't. And we're wrestling, and he's trying to do it, and I'm stopping him, and it's getting competitive, and. We're, you know, we're breathing heavy. I think one of us got a split lip. The other one got a, like a bloody nose and we weren't punching each other, but we were, we were grappling. And, and then I realized I was like, I love this and I don't know anything about it. And so he kind of was teasing me. He's like, you're not going to come train. I'm like, or come train. And I go, you know what? I'll see you tomorrow. And so the day after our little drunken debacle hungover as hell, very next day, 12 o'clock, I go into my first jujitsu class. And I fell in love with it. 
because it wasn't a physical thing. It was a, a mental thing. Is They had old guys in there. We had chicks. We had dudes that were 40 pounds lighter than me. And uh, I weigh about 205 now and a, a healthy 205. And so I feel I'm strong. I feel like I can manipulate the situation through strength. I learned so quick that has nothing to do with it. You know, these old dudes who were 30, 40 pounds lighter than me were just tying me up. I was getting choked out submissions all day. And so I was hooked. And so I continued to keep going and I felt good if I didn't get submitted as much in the beginning. And then it got to the point that nobody was really submitting me. And then it got to the point I was submitting people and it, it just kind of kept going. And now I'm at the point where I'm not even trying to submit people. I've been doing it 10 years. I'm a brown belt. I've trained all over the world that I've, where I've worked for tattooing or for skydiving. I've trained jujitsu as well. Now I just, I just try to have fun. I just try to smile, sing a little bit while I'm doing the jujitsu, while you're rolling around doing the submissions and, and be goofy with people. And, uh, it's, it's led to a whole nother group of humans that if I show up in a new town and I go train, boom, I got friends right away. They're not going to be my best friends, but they're going to be guys that'll take care of you. They'll point you in the right direction. You're going to have jokes, just like with skydiving and base jumping. You're going to have these inside jokes that nobody else gets that you can kind of have that camaraderie with the new guy that you're training with. So that's kind of the beginning, and that's where it's taken me now. Um, recently, uh, I, I train in Orlando quite a bit. Um, I trained while I was in Switzerland. I got to teach some classes. That was a trip because they spoke Swiss German or Portuguese, like Brazilian, right? <laughs> and I spoke fucking English and really fucking scheiße Deutsch. Like I was, it was horrible, but through jujitsu, it all translated even without words. You know what I mean? Without the proper language to, to talk to somebody, you could see. And if you knew jujitsu as a language, as an art form, you knew what the person was trying to convey. If you speak a little bit of Gracie ease, you know, <laughs> part, part English, part Portuguese and a lot yeah. of gestures, body gestures. Yeah. Oh, very romantic gestures. You got to right. use your hips a lot. Yeah. Hey, it's a bushy bushy. Yeah. So that, yeah, absolutely. One of the trippiest ones too, is I was in Iceland and my Icelandic is not very good at all. Like I understand some stuff, hmm. but they I were teaching the every Stone class. For- for Icelandic. But... What? No, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> sorry. Sorry to interrupt. Sorry to interrupt. <laughs> no, they've only got like 300,000 people. I don't see Rosetta spending that much time to develop a program <laughs> for like, you know what? Nobody's going to talk to you even if you did know the language because they don't like it when you speak their language to them. Um, but they were teaching the whole class in Icelandic and I'm like, oh, shit. Uh, whatever. You know, and it just it, it fell you know, right into suit. And it was, uh, it's just a cool thing to have in my back pocket. If, uh, if shit breaks off, sometimes I'm able to look at a situation and feel confident. I may not win. I may not beat anybody, but I feel good. I don't feel nervous about it. I feel that I have what it takes to either diffuse it or protect myself or protect my loved ones. And a few times it's come up, I've had to use it. And instead of throwing a punch, I got a guy choked out down on the ground, passed out, not waking up, and I'm gone. He doesn't he doesn't know where I went. The fight's not going on anymore. He can't find me. And uh yeah, we move on. <laughs> and uh, and I'm able to do that without him ever, you know, you could break somebody's arm and they're going to come back at you. You could punch him in the face and hit him. They're still going to come at you. 
you pass the guy out. Yeah. What does he do? What can he do? There's nothing. Well, and, and there's you no know? real long-term effects either. You know, like I mean, you might have a little bit of a headache or something, or sore neck, but no, well, you're, no, you're no not going to crack his skull. Yeah. Yeah, as long as you don't hold it too long, yeah, right? And that's sure, the right. tricky thing. But in jujitsu, when you're in a, in a in a closed environment like that, it, everybody's protective over. Everybody. I mean, you're trying to kill your best friend all day long while you're training, and you're happy about it when you're done. It's an incredible feeling. Yeah, hundred um, percent. Last year, I got choked out about seven times to where I passed out, which was kind of funny. Was that like in one so, class or was that? <laughs> yeah, well, no, not just one class. No, that's me in one yeah, class. I'm, I'm Except, oh, yeah, he, he, he blacked out seven times. That, that was only a half an hour. I'm, I'm yeah. still imagining Mason Woo. singing to me while I'm getting right? choked out. Like, oh, not only am like, I dog shit yeah. at jujitsu, this dude is singing in my ear as he puts uh-huh. me to sleep. Sometimes I'll do that carnival music. Like, oh, that's, that's what I hear at work every day is carnival music. <laughs> yeah, that's the best part. So when I got choked out, I didn't hear anything. Now, imagine this. Imagine like a small dog. You're in a swimming pool and you're holding the dog. The dog is not in the water. And I think we can all imagine this. As you lower the dog to the water, it doesn't even hit it yet, but its paws are already moving. Like it's mm-hmm. swimming. Right? We've all seen it, right? Yeah. So – that was me waking up like my hands were like throwing little feather punches like and my buddy's like hey dude wake up and i'm just like kind of shadow boxing like a little puppy trying to swim and he's like what the fuck are you doing i'm like dude i i was i was gone i like i went to a whole nother dimension like it was a trip man and uh yeah that happened to me i was so stubborn for one year seven different times i got passed out choked out unconscious so yeah, no we're trying not to happen. do that as much. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah, from an arm or a wrist, but yeah, like yeah, a choke. Yeah, like, yeah. I want you to get it, you know. And I, I got it. I got it. <laughs> and it was a uh, yeah. Some young guys got me too, man. And I was real proud of them because I woke up. I'm like, yeah. And he's like, oh my god, I'm sorry. He goes, I was like, no, nah, dude, good job. Like that was awesome. So it's you know it's humbling. You get beat, but you, you're smiling. You, your best friend chokes you out, and you're, you're stoked for him. And it's, it's a really cool thing. I, I try to tell everybody I can to get into it. I'll probably bug you guys about it too. Like old yeah. men get into it in their 40s well, or 50s, and they all, love it. You almost convinced me to go to that, uh, that retreat. Oh, it was in the Caribbean yeah. somewhere. Yeah. 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 I'm a part of the Globetrotter, BJJ Globetrotter. Um, it's this guy that I met in uh, – where did I meet him? Copenhagen in Denmark he had a school and he kind of like sold the school and started traveling the world and uh, I met him again in Orlando when he came and trained with us and then he kept going he ended up writing a book called uh, BJJ Globetrotter and it talks about how he went to I mean some remote countries and trained with people that you know you're like you don't even have a tv how do you know about jujitsu and it's everywhere in the world and so this guy really inspired me and so I started going to some of his camps but he had like a surf camp. They got one in Iceland actually in June. They got one in Greenland, which is so bizarre. Now um, they're all over the world. So if anybody gets a chance, check them out. Um, and it, it's open to all age levels, all skill levels. And if you just want to go train and, and check it out, they, they're doing it all over the world. And maybe there's a camp near you guys, you know? Yeah, BJJ Globetrotter. I'll, I'll, add, a, I'll add a link into the show notes for sure. Um, Appreciate and, I, and I think that's. Uh, part of what I, I find so interesting about you and, and a lot of people within our communities, cause like whether it's, uh, 
BJJ where all you really need is a gi and, you know, a couple of people or uh, as a tattoo artist, you know, you need, you need your gun and, you know, some ink mm-hmm. uh, or skydiving base jumping, you know, you need your parachute, and, but you don't need that much and you can go do it anywhere and you find fascinating people that also do it or have, have a, a similar, you know, you can talk to a base jumper from nearly anywhere in the world and they're going to have certain things that they, they talk about, you know, or like, uh, mm-hmm. same thing with BJJ guys, you know, or, you know, grapplers or like, uh, there, there's overlap. And, uh, I, I, I it is. Trying it's to a good that, community. Yeah. You know, and then no, you hit the nail on the head. It's, it's, it's all those things to me. And what they share in common is that I have a group that if, if I'm stressed and I feel like nobody knows what I'm, up to you know mm-hmm. we'll call it everyday people those groups are where i get to vent those groups are where i get to decompress those groups even if i don't say anything i feel like i'm a part of the conversation because right. i know it and there's so little of that where people have in the world if they don't join these types of things and don't have these 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 strong feeling hobbies then they get they often feel like they're not a part of anything you know, and if somebody's yeah. out there stressing and and depressed, I, I would I would advise them go 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 skydive, go train jujitsu, you know, go hang out at a tattoo shop. You're gonna hear some crazy fucking stories, and those people will take care of you. So, yeah, just surmise what you were saying. Absolutely. Yeah, it's like a, a healthy outlet. You know, like uh, with during like the elections, I was just like, man, I wish more people had hobbies. Like they they probably wouldn't like get so. <laughs> They wouldn't be so mad on Facebook all the time, you know, because of these elections and stuff and these, these polarizing yeah. issues. Anyways, yeah, I'm bro, glad we didn't talk about any of that today. Right. <laughs> nah, it's not, not our thing. But, hey, I know you have a 1230 and, uh, yeah. I, I want to keep you on. We, we're, we're in, uh, we're in Germany. They're pretty up on their time too. So I, I will, uh, it respect is, the rules. <laughs> we'll respect the time. Uh, is, no, I well, I appreciate it that. Is, God, is, I miss you boys it's, it's so not much. <laughs> Bro, we miss you, miss you too, too, buddy. You know, like and, and yeah. you when uh when the you were one of the people that sort of in in a way inspired us to do this because we wanted to I wanted to talk to you because of all the different things you're up to and and I just think it's super interesting. So, thanks for being a part of this. You know. Yeah, man. Anytime, anytime. You guys call me up anytime you yeah. want to do this. I had a fucking and blast. Next time I only wish the best for you guys. Yeah, if when when we're on the same side of the pond, whether we're in Europe or you're over here or whatever, uh, we'll we'll uh, we'll get the mics out and, and do it in person. So, yeah. Uh, well, I'll, if you don't mind, let me give a small shout out. Like, yeah, if you guys are all curious about what I'm up to, just Please. check out my Instagram on Mason. It's Mason Atlas, A T L A S, Mason Atlas. Um, and if anybody's ever in the Salt Lake City area and they want to train jujitsu or you're looking for a place to squat, like get a hold of me. Let me know. Um, I host couch surfers. I heard I host for mat surfing for jujitsu. If you need a place to kind of crash and you want to go skydive, let me know. And, uh, and uh, our doors are pretty much always open. My girlfriend is, loves it. She's very abiding by it. She's got an 11 year old kid. He loves meeting new people from all over the world. So, you know, share the uh, share the culture. Come on by. Sweet. Yeah, bro. That's yeah, awesome. I'll add all your links uh, in the show notes as well. So, thank you, bro. Oh, this cool, is buddy. Yeah, man. Good yeah, hearing from you. Guys, you guys be yeah, good. So great. We'll stay in touch. Yeah, hundred percent. All right, brother. Later. All right, guys. Ciao. Cool. That was fun. Yeah. You got anything, Bry? No, that's good. Yeah. All right, guys. Uh, well, thanks for listening. That was Mason Coriel, one of our good friends from uh, Hawaii, 
and uh, hopefully you enjoyed it. All right, this was a Base Life podcast. I'm backslash the Base Life, and on Instagram we're at base dot life. All right, thanks.